Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Donovan can't get to it. Now he pops out. Catch and shoot. Three. Good. 104-103. And the Jazz foul Jeremy Grant on the inbound. And the Jazz are guaranteed to have a chance to tie or win. 105-103. Donovan waits to touch the ball. He does. Across half court with five. Guarded by Craig. Comes off a Gobert pick. Slides by Jokic. Lays it up and in with .9 seconds to play. We're tied at 105. 13 on the shot clock. Back over to Jamal Murray from Jokic. Now 10. Murray. Head fake on the jumper. Throws it off to Grant. A double overtime game. Both teams had stretches where they looked awesome. Both teams had stretches where they looked awful. At the end, Denver finds a way to win 134-132. More discouraged by the awful stretches or more encouraged by the really good stretches, PK? Because there's a big chunk of both in that game. All sorts of encouragement. Yeah, I'm not discouraged by anything. The bad stuff was 10 points in 11 and a half minutes of the fourth quarter. The last 30 seconds of the fourth quarter is where you just heard Locke going nuts, where the Jazz miraculously forced overtime when I don't think anybody was betting on them forcing overtime. Donovan Mitchell was really, really cold until he was really, really hot. And once he started hitting PK, more impressed the, uh, the inbounds. Uh, along the left side against pressure or the turnaround fadeaway, let it rip at the top of the key? Oh, the three where he's running away from the basket and has to square up and does it so gracefully. And long shot obviously just goes right in. It looked like the, the ball, the flight of the ball was like about two-footer to be able to run at full speed basically and turn to your left and square up like that. There's not many people on this planet in the history of the planet that could do that. He did it. Donovan left perennial strain questionable for today's game. The Mavericks, no Luka Doncic, no Kristaps Porzingis, no Dorian Finney-Smith. All three guys played 40 minutes or more in their overtime game, and they got a back-to-back coming up, so they are shutting those guys down. We're going to be short a little star power today at 1 o'clock, PK. Yeah, that's the way the NBA goes at the end of the season. We extended it from March to August, and here we are. Here we are, and it's the same thing. You're not playing, you're not playing, you're not playing. But it's a chance to see some of the younger guys play. whether it's, uh, I, I think everybody's got their favorites now. Uh, Locke told us on Friday, watch out for Mieoni. He's he could, uh, he's got to defend. He's got to hit a few threes. Clearly, Quinn Snyder thought he did those things because of the minutes he gave him. He could have could have pulled him if he wanted. But there were other guys out there, uh, you know, Juwan Morgan or Jarrell Brantley. We've gotten a glimpse of uh, several young guys. Yeah, I mean, to me, those guys are interchangeable. If it's not somebody, it's somebody else. I'm not sure that they're going to make a difference between winning and losing. But if you could develop somebody who could help you, you know, that's a, that's just good news. I think the thing is in the salary cap league when people are getting raises and you're always losing somebody who can go get more money somewhere else, you've got to have a couple guys in your rotation 
who aren't making very much money or making the league minimum, and for one reason or another, you've got them. Now, right now, you know, Donovan Mitchell's on a rookie contract, so he is way more valuable uh, in NBA terms than the money he's getting paid. But he's going to get his big money deal here pretty soon, so you got to bring in young, inexpensive players behind him. That's kind of the Royce O'Neal story, and you always got to have a couple of those guys, or you're just going to be way too thin. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Here's Dame. Dribbles, drives, goes up, left hand. It's good in the foul. He's about fast to a cutting Dame from Nurk, and he stuffs it in with the right hand. Damian Lillard, 51 points as the Blazers beat the Sixers 124-121. Now, uh, Simmons is already out because he's got the knee issue and he's going to have surgery, so he's done. And Joel Embiid injured his ankle, left the game, and didn't return, and he got hurt pretty early in that one too. But still, Lillard for 51, everything from the four-point play with a guy crawling up his back, that was classic Damian Lillard stuff, to the drive into the lane, he's going to whip the ball out for a three, and he accidentally banks it off a Sixers face. Off the guy's face, off the backboard, onto the rim, around and in. That was pretty freaky. But Damian Lillard, 51, after missing the free throws, and the Clippers went at him, and there was a little uh, little social media kerfuffle or whatever that was. I don't know. He doesn't like them. They What's don't up, like Paul him. Paul George? Yeah, right. <laughs> I sent him home. Yeah, and Patrick Beverly is over there doing the wave goodbye thing like Lillard had done in the playoffs a year earlier. Too much drama, too much soap opera for you, PK. Just give me the 51 and then be quiet. Oh, I think people enjoy that, but it's meaningless in the end. It's what goes on on the floor that really matters. The other stuff is sort of harmless. I mean, they're not uh, taking literal shots at each other. So it's a world we live in. But, man, it, you got to woke up, buddy. It is, it's not Damien. It's Dame. In fact, I would encourage you to just say, Dame, Tom. As soon as they say that, you'll say, Yuck, make a drop out of that. I got to be careful. Please do. Please do. Come yeah, on. See, you don't even need to be told. Drop that. out of what? Dame. Dame. It's Dame, Tom. Tom. <laughs> Locke is, lock is shaking. Or Locke. Uh, Yock. Yock is shaking like a bowl that, full of jelly in there. That needs to be a thing. He is so enjoying this right now. Come I don't on, have words Dame, for it. Dame, Tom. Clippers lost to the Nets, 129-120. Paul George didn't play. And the Clippers, I know there's a lot of talk. It's going to be Jazz Nuggets, 6-3. Well, the Nuggets still play the Clippers. The Nuggets could still get to two. It could be if the Jazz are six. It could be Clippers in the three spot. Or the Rockets could get there. You can drive yourself nuts with this, PK. Rockets won again. I seem to recall this is deja vu where you've done this. <laughs> and I mean, this was last year. This is exactly what happened last year. And, and what difference did it make? It got Portland to the conference finals. Portland. Dame, Tom, got Portland to the conference finals. Rockets got 41 from Austin Rivers. He was hot. He was feeling it. He was going nuts. Oh, Austin Rivers. Yeah, man. Now that guy. Man, the street cred on that kid is just amazing. Pelicans. The playoff dream is over. They're out. The Spurs beat them 122-113. There's a whole bunch of math going to be done, but it looks like it's going to be Memphis and Portland. And it looks like the Blazers are, I think the Blazers are probably going to pass the Grizzlies and end up being the eight and only having to win one out of the two games. Okay. Montrez Harrell posted on social media accounts he's rejoined the team in Orlando. He left the team uh, to attend to his grandmother. He's going to be in quarantine for at least four days. 
Clippers have seeding games left on Wednesday and Friday, so he's clearly uh, got his return set, and he's going. Looks like he's going to be ready to play in the playoffs. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Sammy Watkins, Chiefs wide receiver, says he had no problem agreeing to a restructured deal for his final year on his contract with the team. He's playing for the defending Super Bowl champs as an ideal situation. His salary got dropped from $14 million to $9 million. He said it was very important to stay for what we did in winning the Super Bowl, the type of team and coaches we have, the organization. Why wouldn't I? I'm a guy that's been in the league going on seven years, and I've been on teams that were not good and were not winning. I think I've made enough money. This is my happy place. So why not take a smaller contract and come out and play with the guys I've been playing with? People eat that up. I'm thinking Sammy Watkins is very popular in Kansas City this morning. Oh, pretty much everybody is in Kansas City. But, yeah, if that's what you want to do, uh, you're making enough to satisfy your needs and wants and all that stuff. Makes sense to me. Uh, We had the deadline go past. You know, NBA players, I think it ended up being 69 players who opted out. Uh, NFL game officials can also opt out in exchange for a $30,000 stipend and a guarantee that their jobs will be protected in 2021. Uh, the NFL Referees Association negotiating with the uh, with the NFL. They're going to have a full vote today. Uh, the average NFL official is 52. Obviously, they're you know the guys on both sides of that. But that's the kind of uh, agreement that's going to keep people from uh, complaining. PK, it's kind of what you were alluding to on TV last night when we were talking about college football. You know, I don't think people feel the same way about college football, but the NFL is going to go on because the players and officials have had a chance to opt out and protect their jobs, and everybody's making a chunk of money. Uh, Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I agree. So let's get to the college football. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. This decision was not made lightly, nor without significant contemplation in conversation over the past weeks, involving numerous meetings with groups, including the Council of Directors of Athletics, Conference Medical Advisory Panel, the Conference Sports Medicine Group, the Council of Presidents, among others. It included reviewing information from the NCAA and its COVID-19 Task Force, the World Health Organization, the Centers for Disease Control, state and local boards of health, as well as state governmental mandates. That is the Mac Commissioner, John Steinbrecher, and I thought he was stronger when he was talking about how just awful he felt uh, reading off all those organizations. I, I can hear people just uh, mentally tuning out, PK. What? <laughs> See? <laughs> exactly. Now, the Mac is the first of the 10 uh, leagues in the bowl subdivision to shut it down until at least the spring. But everybody's waiting for the other shoe to drop. Commissioners of the Power Five conferences uh, were talking over the weekend. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 have meetings coming up. It was all doom and gloom and all the stories the national writers were writing yesterday, PK. Maybe, maybe the SEC and Big 12 will push ahead and play. Uh, some of the stuff I read, probably some of the stuff you read too, seem to be conflicting on that. It seemed to you that these national folks almost like want it to happen. They want to lecture us about it. Uh, it comes off that way, but I think that, well, t- two things. One, because uh, people have been cracking on the NCAA for 50 years, I think 
that there's automatically going to be cracking on the conference commissioners if they play and kids get sick or kids die or kids get sick and die. They're going to get what the NCAA has been getting for 50 years. And they know that. So to that degree, yes. But also seeing some of the things that are getting posted, it reminds me of what happens when you report what you're told by a college athletic director or football coach. And you pass along what you get told, and then people crack on you, and you're like, well, I mean, that's what they're telling me. I don't know what you want me to say. And I think some of these guys are getting texts from commissioners and ADs, so they tell you what the text says, and then people who don't want to hear it crack on you instead of saying, well, that's really the way it is. I agree with that. So I think both those things are happening. But I think there is an anticipation uh, and you kind of alluded to this last night, and we have more time, obviously, to discuss this in upcoming segments, that the presidents are sitting there thinking, maybe we play and nothing happens. Maybe we play and something bad does happen. And if it does, I'm going to get crushed. So would I rather have people complaining because we didn't play, but we all didn't play, so I'm lose my job? Or... Something does go wrong down the line, and I just get crushed, and maybe I lose my job. And I think that those presidents are sitting there thinking, I've heard 50 years of lecturing to the NCAA, and that's what I'm going to get if we play and it all goes south. Yeah, we can get to it. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, uh, there you go. Uh, That's the college football. Let's hit the baseball. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Swing and a high fly. Left center field. Gretchik back. Looking up by the wall. And it is gone. And the ball game is over. Mitch Moreland with a walk-off two-run homer. And the Red Sox win it 5-3. Their first walk-off win of the year. Red Sox getting the victory right there. It doesn't look like a uh, particularly good year for the Red Sox. They're off to a lousy start, 6-9, and nine, but they get the win right there. The story of the weekend was Houston and Oakland. Ramon Laureano charging the Houston bench. Looked like he was getting into it with one of the coaches there, Alex Cintron. Uh, he had been hit. Laureano had been hit three times in this series. Oakland got uh, hit by pitches five times. They didn't hit any Astros. The Astros are mad because it's a former Astro who now pitches for Oakland who was the one who first went public with uh, these guys are cheating, they're banging on cans, and they know what pitches come in story. Now, that guy didn't pitch in this series, and he got the DH, so you're not going to be able to hit him. So the one thing I didn't get through all of this was uh, why Laureano was a target PK. Did he do something along the way? Because he got hit three of the five times. He'd had enough. Yeah, he did. I can't, three times, a lot of times you get hit. Yeah, I can't say I blame him for getting three times, hit three times this series. And maybe he said something or looked at somebody the wrong way. I don't know. Uh, A's won the game 7-2, but now it looks like... And, and they've got a great win streak going there in first place. They've won nine in a row. Everybody else in that division is under 500 in the AL West. they got a good thing going, but... I would expect Laureano's going to get to uh, get a few days off and get suspended over this. Uh, yeah, especially now. You're not supposed to do that. I mean, you're not supposed to do that anytime, but to do what he did then. And Citron, the uh, bench coach there, he'll probably get something too because it looks like if you saw the angle from the center field camera, looks it was like clear he, he was doing talking. something to agitate the kid to yeah. uh, run over there. 
All right, well, the A's with nine in a row. They are currently the hot team, the it team. Uh, the Colorado Rockies are looking pretty good, too, although they got beat. Uh, they are 11-4. and four. The Dodgers trying to run them down. They beat the Giants 6-2. Mookie Betts homered in that one. Dodgers 11-5. and five. They are rolling. Padres beat the Diamondbacks. Fernando Tatis Jr. is on a tear. He homered again. They beat Madison Bumgarner for the second time. Bumgarner's 0-3, came out in the second inning. He just signed five years and $85 million. And I don't know if they were covering for him or if he's really got back issues, but there was talk that he had back problems and he also given up four or five runs. So people freaking out over the Bumgarner deal or it's early and this is a weird season and don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, I think they would be nervous because they sent him to a specialist because his velocity, he's never been a big uh, high-velocity guy, low 90s, but now it's in the mid-80s, and so that's just batting practice for these types of major league players, obviously. So he's been battered around, so they're going to f- see if there's something medically wrong with the guy. But, yeah, it's, it's sad to see because, you know, you go back and he was a star that year where they won the World Series, seemed like he was getting every out. But uh, these things happen, and maybe he just has no more juice left in that arm. Rangers beat the Angels 7-3. The low light, or highlight in that game, depending on how you look at it, was Joe Adele, Angels outfielder. Yeah, and he played here in Salt Lake on his way to the Angels. Uh, He went back on a ball, got turned around, reached for it, hit the glove. He was kind of pulling the glove up, and so it basically batted the ball over the fence for a home run. Now, wasn't yeah. Jose Canseco off the head over the fence? I think that's the winner. Get it right, four-base error. But it was a four-base error, and it was pretty spectacularly bad, unless you found it hilarious, which he did not find it hilarious. He looked pretty distraught out there. But I think Well, he, yeah, he's a young kid trying to make his mark here, just barely into the big leagues, one of those deals where they waited and so they could have control for another year and all that stuff. And he was trying to make a play, and it backfired, so... I under the circumstances, it wasn't a Conseco who was right. a clown show, particularly on defense. Uh, so uh, I, I didn't find it hilarious. I found it un, unfortunate. Indians send Zach Plesac home, broke team rolls, broke the MLB protocols, went out with his friend Saturday night in Chicago. He's apologized for his behavior and statement that was issued by the team following the game yesterday. Baseball definitely trying to keep the players from Doing exactly what he just did because they don't want another situation like they've had with the Marlins and Cardinals and somebody gets sick and it gets into a team and then you got multiple games canceled. Cardinals have played five games so far and other teams have been playing 15, 16 games. So he's yeah. apologizing, basically letting down the team there. Nephew of Dan, who's on the baseball network, uh, Kenny Chesty has a song that we went out last night. You can't listen to it anymore. <laughs> really? Just listening to it's a problem? Well, yeah, because you can't sing the words. We went out last night. You got to get that whole thing out of your mind. DJ and PK. Justin Thomas, after his excellent approach shot, ran all the way toward the back of the green for birdie. Dude, you've got to be kidding me. Well, golf. That's Justin Thomas. There's no fans out there, so you're hearing a lot of stuff now. 23-year-old Colin Morikawa won the PGA Championship, a memorable back nine, a chip, a drive, and an eagle putt. Those three shots, those clips will be played for a long, long time. Morikawa making good on Bob Casper's pick, PK, his second-round draft pick. 
the Cal Bear coming through. Yeah, man, it was his incredible display there with a lot of pressure. Uh, and he got the job done. I mean, obviously that eagle in 16 did what he needed to do, and he did it. And so it was pretty spectacular. He gets a win at the PGA Championship. Uh, Tony Finau stayed in contention most of the day, ended up finishing uh, tied for fourth at 10 under par, but he, he made some birdies, and for a while there was part of the seven-way tie for the lead. Uh, but par's coming down the stretch when somebody else is going birdie eagle. That's going to going to leave you in fourth place but a better finish from tony there wasn't so i mean anytime you don't win you can look back at the birdie putts you didn't make so he's got that but it's not the same as some of the other finishes we've talked about yeah i don't really think those guys look back that's just not their mindset he played well and he didn't win and that's the extent of it i i just don't think he has any regrets I don't think that's the way it works. I mean, you played well. You know, the guy played better. You were in contention. That's what you're looking for. And he did what, in a sense, what he was supposed to do. But Morikawa did a little bit better. And that's the extent of it. And then you go on. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener. It's Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio, is going to join us at 8 o'clock. Take a victory lap over the Morikawa pick and probably take a little bow of the Tony Finau pick, too, because Finau was right there in the hunt. Bob's here at 8 o'clock. Steve Cleveland at 9 o'clock. Coming up next, more on college football as we wait to hear from the Big Ten and the Pac-12. And where is this thing going? DJ and PK. Got a lot of reaction from you up at Facebook. We'll get to that next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Cam Miller is with us from SB Nation. If we're able to see some sort of season, what are your thoughts on the potential at BYU this year? Well, I think outside of Provo, maybe even including inside of Provo, I'm probably the biggest Zach Wilson fan in the country. I know that there's discussion and people may rather see Hall, but I think Zach Wilson, when he's healthy, when he's on his game, and when he's got one of the better left tackles in all of college football blocking for him and Brady Christensen, I think the combination of Zach Wilson healthy with Christensen on his blind side, pass protecting at elite levels, there's very few better atop the leaderboard for returning quarterback and left tackle combinations the big show weekdays from two to seven on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. All right, we're waiting to hear from the Big Ten now. There's all kinds of stories leaking over the weekend that college football is going to get shut down. Now, there's also stories that the Big 12 and the SEC are going to push ahead. Uh, So I I don't know how to uh, predict what those two leagues are going to do. But, PK, everything I read, don't you think uh, the Big Big Ten and the Pac-12 aren't going to be playing football? Oh, I can't say that. No, I don't Mm. think that. No, I don't think that at all. They could still reverse course. The reporting could be wrong. Well, they've already reversed course then, so they could reverse course again, for that matter. So, I mean, what what is reversing course? They came out with a schedule last week, so now they're not going to play. That's reversing course. Yes, you're right. That would be. I did think that the reason all the ADs stayed anonymous was to give the president's room to change their mind. 
I thought that was why it was anonymous across the board. You know, if this is going to happen, it's up to the presidents to say it's going to happen. And if it's not going to happen, well, don't pitch your president into a corner, even if you think you know what your president and all the presidents in the conference are going to do. Yeah, I guess I don't understand why they're not going to play. I don't understand why. I get why they would kick the can down the road and delay practice and delay the start of the season. I don't get why they're giving up on all of September 26th and October, November, December at the same time. Seems to me like they'd probably do like a four-week floating thing. Like, we don't want to start practice now, and we got to practice for four weeks before we play. But I don't get why November is going off the board right now. It, it may eventually go off the board, but I don't see why you have to do it all at once. And, I agree. And maybe it's because in some parts of the country, they don't think they can play in December and January. So at some point, they feel like they have to kick the can down the road to better weather. You know, I think in Utah, you know, you, you largely can play. But in Wisconsin and Minnesota, you probably can't. You know, oh, they played the Ice Bowl once upon a time. Let's go. Well, you've got you know Utah and Colorado obviously get snow, but you know you can play road games. You could have four at home and six one we on the road December one year. And January days we were in the fifties, right? We're worried about the weather. Is that what you're talking about? Well, I think that some schools are thinking that my floating window is. You know, you always talk about how everybody has a bias, and then you, well, I've lived in warmer places. I mean, if I had lived in. Uh, you know, Madison, I might not be floating this idea because it might be ridiculous to try and play football outdoors there in December and January. And they do it in Green Bay. So I think they could play through the winter, but maybe in some places they just don't want to. There have certainly been miserable NFL games along the way in Ohio and Minnesota and wherever else. But I think that they could just do the floating window, and then when the numbers get better, if they get better, then you start practicing, and then you start playing four weeks after that. Well, what are the numbers from uh, 18 to 22, 23-year-olds? What, what numbers are we talking about? About whether there's an outbreak and people are going to get sick. I mean, nobody really knows if a football team is going to – what's going to happen. And I, the thing is, it's just not going to happen in football. It can happen at any point. How many kids will get sick? What kind of long-term implications will there be for their health? And will they die? I mean, the will they die numbers are really low. But you don't want even one death on the football team at your school when you're calling the shots. Well, then we should have stopped football then when (laughs) kids died in training camps. I think that's what we were talking about in the last segment. There are people out there who think, yeah, you should. I mean, the CTE stories, I mean, we can go through them. We know all of them. But you're right. From the, from the kids who've uh, run and, and died in camps to uh, the CTE to whatever else. Yes. So what's the difference? You're, you're running into a situation headlong that you shouldn't be running into. Says who? <laughs> <laughs> Say the people who don't think they should be playing football. It's like I told you in the last segment. I think that the the presidents are looking at this thinking, if this goes wrong, I am going to catch everything the NCAA has been catching for 50 years. It's going to be on me. So it's a CYA. Yeah, to a degree. I mean, I think it goes beyond that. They uh, In the MAC. Uh, <clears throat> not covering the MAC, just taking the stories at face value, but apparently the Northern Illinois AD was really vocal about not playing. And the Northern Illinois AD had in-laws 
in in uh, his wife's side of the family in New York who died. And the stories I saw, it was plural, but they didn't say how many and they didn't say who they were. But he was saying things like, the science has spoken, this isn't safe. Now, on a bigger issue, would he be up for closing the entire campus? I, I haven't heard him quoted on that, but the tone I was hearing from that, I think he would be. You know, and apparently he was a big voice in the room for not playing. So everybody brings that, you know, who says in any conference in this conference, an AD has a lot of power. We hear in the Pac-12 that the Arizona state president has a ton of power, right? We've heard that for years, that he's Larry Scott's big backer. So is he going to have a lot of power in that room when the Pac-12 is meeting on deciding whether they go forward and play or don't play or delay playing and maybe play? I would assume he would. But I think who that person is in every room is probably different in every conference. Okay. Great. Well, you said who, so that was why I think, you know, who is different in every conference. Okay. I have no idea what the Arizona State president is thinking. I mean, my line of thinking is what's going to change? Between now and the spring, I would Between think... Between now and whenever, man. Yeah, I would think not a lot. Well, from everything we're hearing about, uh, and I don't know any more than anybody else who, you know, just reads and listens, but the um, the vaccine is coming in late 2020 or early 2021. So, I mean, I think the people hope that's what changes it. There'll so be a vaccine that'll be safer. Let's shut down everything until whatever you just said. Well, I think there are people who are up for that, and then there's people oh, who aren't be, up for that. You're going to yeah, you say that drive me nuts all the time because there's <laughs> going to be any any topic under the sun. There's going to be people who say yes, and there's going to be people say no. We already got that. That's sun rising in the east. So that no matter what topic, there's going to be multiple opinions. And no one in the history of the planet is ever going to be unified on everything. So I, I get all that. Uh, if if we can't do anything till a vaccine, let's shut down everything, man. Everything. I mean everything. Let's just shut it down completely. Anything involving anything involving somebody from 18 to 22, 23, stay home. Don't even go outside. We'll put the groceries out on your on your on your on your uh, doorstep. I mean, where are we going with this? Well, I think it goes against the background of. Uh, the NCAA and college sports, and they have been taking advantage of kids for a long time. And this is one more straw. I mean, there's not a lot of hollering about the NFL. But the NFL guys are getting a lot of money, and if they want to opt out, they still get a pretty good chunk of money. I think they get three hundred fifty grand if they've got, you know, some type of pre-existing... Yeah, if they're high risk, they got some pre-existing condition. They get hundred fifty grand if they just don't want to play. So there isn't a lot of hollering and screaming. You know, the referees are going to have a similar kind of deal here, apparently. And in high school, the coaches aren't multimillionaires. You know, That's what I the said. Presidents yeah. Are, yeah, you said this last night on TV. So it's not, we're not just coming to this with like nothing on the table. You know, there's already this backstory, and this is one more thing about college sports. So it's money driven then? Well, partly. I mean, it's health driven too, but it's one more thing. Yeah, it's one more thing. Um, so, <laughs> so they got they got to wear that too. Yeah, I think that what they're wearing is the they don't want to lose their gigs. 
And so they're going to take the safest way out. Not yeah. necessarily the best. What's going to cause me the least amount of grief so I can keep my gig? Well, you know, that uh, I think is uh, among the many anonymous quotes we heard yesterday. We heard that uh, nobody wants to be first and nobody wants to be last. Because if you're first and nobody follows you, you're going to look bad. And if you're last, you're going to look like you were a money-grubbing pig who didn't care about uh, player student-athlete safety. So it's not what's right. It's what looks the best. Uh, I think that's part of it. Absolutely. I mean, these I are high about profile. 95% of it. These are high pro- well, uh, because money is also, I was going to give money more than 5%. I think that f- those are the same things. Okay. Well, if they're the same thing, then it is 95%. Yeah, you you want to make sure you look good so you can keep your job. That, that That's what I think a lot of this is about. And so you CYA so you can keep your gig. And there we go. Yeah. Because what, what changed from last week to the, the end of this most recent week? Why did we have a big schedule and then four days later... Well, we can't do this. <laughs> it doesn't look what very, changed. It doesn't I, look very good. That's what I'm trying to figure out what changed and uh, what, uh, what's uh, going to change. If you thought on Monday it was good to have a season on September 22nd or 26th, whatever it was, what changed and what is going to change that is so different from when you thought it was acceptable to put out a schedule. What's changing? I guess the one thing that could change that hasn't changed is you know the uh, you know the number of people who um, either test positive or hospitalized or dying. You know if everybody was uh, minimizing the risk and those numbers were getting crushed, then. That would change, and presumably you could play football and all the other sports that so we're not we talking about week? that are going to. No, I think one of the things I read was that because the numbers haven't changed, Wilner was the one who put this out. Uh, because the numbers haven't changed, the Big Ten and the Pac 12 are willing to uh, push football to the spring. But because the numbers haven't changed, the Big 12 and the SEC are willing to keep hope out. They're not willing to start, but they're not willing to cancel it yet either. Because you've got a couple weeks before we're up against the four-week mark. That seems to have been the number everyone's settled on. You need to practice for four weeks before you play a game. Now, Oklahoma needs to be practicing, I guess, right about now because they've got a game that they moved up to week zero, right? So they should already... But but for a lot of schools, they're not playing until the September 26th. So they've still got two weeks to wait and see what happens to all the numbers and, and COVID. So, so the, why go now, and why not just use the floating four-week window and just say, we can't go now when the numbers get, you set, I don't know, whatever whatever numbers you want to pick. It's got to be something arbitrary. You're going to have to pick something arbitrary. Say, when the numbers get below this level, we'll start practicing. When the numbers are below this level in our community. The, the thing that, to, you know, what's going to change, it doesn't seem like we're going to crush all those numbers in 50 states at the same time. It seems to be kind of, you know, rolling around the country. Here's a hot spot. Now it's better. There's a hot spot. Now it's getting better. Well, in two months, it seems like there's going to be another hot spot. So I don't see why, you know, they, the, it, it's kind of a mystery to me of why they're punting all the way till spring and assuming, well, at that point, it'll be okay to play in the 41 states that have both subdivision teams. I guess you don't have to have it in all 50 because you're not really talking about Maine and Alaska right now. I mean, they're 
two of the states. Yeah, I don't know that anybody is guaranteed that they're going to play in the spring. I agree. I don't. I don't think they are. Those are just words. Yeah, and that would seem it's far enough out that I would just put that at fifty fifty. How does anyone know what it's going to be like in February? So I wouldn't worry about the spring. Who cares? I mean, you couldn't even last a week from when you put out the schedule till. Well, well, now, geez, I mean, all these guys are reporting that this league's shutting down, that league's shutting down. So don't tell me you're interested in playing in the spring. I mean, so what? It, that, those are meaningless words. They have no weight to them. We got weeks and months to go before that would even be a remote possibility, let alone an actual. So I don't, I don't even want to bring that up. That doesn't make any sense to me. You couldn't even last a week. So don't try to tell me what you're going to do six months down the road. And that you have no clue if if you thought it, it was acceptable to put out a schedule, you went through all that work. Are these guys just doing stuff so they can get their paychecks? Yeah, let's come together with a big schedule and then we'll have that. So then it makes it looks like we're actually working today and not sitting around watching television or playing golf or doing whatever it is you're going to do. And so you come up with that. Well, then five days later, well, that was wrong. Now you're trying to tell me what's going to happen in five months. So the spring is in my mind is not an option. Maybe it will be, but right now, if you can't even last a week, then certainly don't tell me anything about the spring. I don't want to hear it. It, it, it has There's no weight. There's no foundation behind it. It's completely and totally built on sand. So here, though, I'm not even worried about that. I just want to know what. why go through that dog and pony show and then a week later tell me uh, the numbers. The numbers for what? I mean, we're, we're, uh, and it, when an... Uh, someone in a high-risk category, which is, what, over 60, they die. That means I can't play, uh, an 18-year-old can't play football. That, that, is that what you're telling me with these numbers? That would be part of it. I mean, yes, the deaths, the deaths matter, the hospitalizations matter, the number of positive tests. I think right now they're hearing, um, they're hearing a lot about liability, too. You know, there's... Uh, there's a couple kids who've been sick and haven't seemed to get well and have had issues with their heart over this. And, you know, what does that mean? What is this going to be? Because we haven't known about this thing for a year yet. No one can really know what the long term is. And are kids going to be at risk of health issues the rest of their life? And they're hearing about liability. You know, they've got it. Every university and every conference has lawyers. And lawyers are cautious and are going to lecture you on liability this could happen well, they already happen. have that we've seen it the long-term effects on health it's already there and they still play yeah. i saw the movie concussion didn't you so tell the lawyers to shut up then then if that's <laughs> your my point is if that's your reasoning then don't play yeah but it's don't, all these it's all what these do we things, have to vote on it's all these things uh coming together it's uh, you got the lawyer over there telling you liability. You're worried you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get ripped in the in the national media for all the reasons the NCAA has in 50 years. You got regents who think sports is a little out of control, and now you're kowtowing to them, and that could cost you your job. And I think they're just getting negative feedback on multiple fronts, and they don't really want to do it because they are gonna have to fire a bunch of people. They're gonna have to furlough and lay people off. And so they build up the schedule, but then they go to a meeting and get another dose of negativity on one of these three fronts, and they start leaning the other way. We're going to play. We're not going to play. Push it back. Remember when Locke was on? He says, what do they get by getting rid of the non-conference season? They get, they get, they get three more weeks. They buy time. 
But now that time's kind of run out. That was about three weeks ago when Locke asked us that. Yeah, Joel Klatt put out a big 10-minute thing yesterday about this, and he had, he outlined five reasons why they should play. And I wrote them down. I listened to it. Yeah? What's he got? And, uh, uh, should we wait till after we come back? Yes, we should. Well done, PK. He's a pro. Yep, we'll get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Bob Casper, Golf Radio, coming up in 20 minutes. Stay with us. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. So I'm trying to get my phone to not call me Hans. All right, try it again. Don't call me Hans. Okay, what should I call you? Hans. You'd like me to call you Hats. Is that right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hans. You'd like me to call you Pants. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing. Like Lance or Dance. What is my name, Google? Your name is Hans. God. Stupid, dumb thing. Could you call me Hans Smith? You'd like me to call you handsome. Is that right? Well, it's better than Hans. Yeah. Catch Hans and Scotty every day, presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. So we've been talking about college football. Are the Big Ten and the Pac-12 going to postpone the season until at least the spring? And will the other leagues follow or not? So we've been discussing a bunch of the reasons that presidents have been going back and forth. Well, here's the schedule. So maybe we're going to play. But we're going to have a meeting. Maybe we're not going to play. So you said Joel Klatt, who uh, I think people have seen on Fox broadcasts. Uh, he came up with five reasons, did a thing. You wrote them down. I did. Yeah, it's on Facebook. I mean, you can go listen to it for yourself if you're interested. And obviously he's a, a commentator, does a really good job. Uh, but uh, he put something out on Twitter, got all sorts of blowback on well, whatever you put on Twitter, if it's not uh, watch whatever's coming up, you're going to get blowback unless you're just totally vanilla. Uh, but he said uh, five things that he wants to see. Number one is if you opt out, you retain your scholarship. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. I mean, that just seems so reasonable. If you don't want to play for health reasons, you shouldn't have to play, and there shouldn't be any penalty of your financial aid. I think most folks understand that. And then this whole thing of, uh, it's what I was saying about, oh, we're going to play in the spring. You, you don't know if you're going to play in the spring. So it's basically nothing is set in stone. So don't say, well, you're not going to play, you're going to play, you're not. Because we don't know. This situation could just change dramatically in two or three weeks. And it becomes so obvious that you can't play. So I think most people would agree with that. Number three is he maintains that these youngsters are going to be healthier if they're with the team. I think there's something to be said for that. And and you can jump in anytime you want, DJ. There's definitely something to be said for that. I think that the stories you read about the number of people who are unemployed, the number of people who could be evicted from their homes... Uh, between now and the end of the year, I saw the number 40 million. I thought that was way too high. 
but maybe it is. But if it's 10 million, if it's only a quarter of that, you know, it's not just the people who get evicted. A lot of people end up homeless, end up doubling up somewhere with somebody. And I've known people and talked to people who that's already happened to. So assuming that these kids are going to go home and it's going to be a family of four living in 4,000 square feet, well, for one kid it may be, you know, but for another kid it's going to be 10 people in 1,500 square feet. And if one of those 10, you know, you got to go to work, and if they get it at work, then everybody at home is at risk of getting it too. So I think there's a lot to be said for that. Now, you can go to college and behave and take it, follow all the rules. And I was, I don't know what it was like where you were, PK, but at UCSB, there were usually four people in a two-bedroom apartment. And if one of those four gets it, the other three are going to be at risk. So definitely going home could be risky. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no way around that. Okay. And number four, uh, the impact of cancellations that have on mental health. And that's where I, I just don't think people understand that. Unless you've been in that situation and you've seen what it's done to young people, particularly 13, 14, 15. I don't think we should limit to them, although it's true it has a huge impact on them. If you talk to people in school districts, I could get you on the phone with an ex-athlete who works in the Davis district. And I was talking about the mental health problems as I was becoming aware of them a few years ago that exist, you know, throughout the state of Utah. And he said, come on up here and I'll show you a third grader throwing a desk across a classroom. You think anybody learns anything in that classroom the rest of the day? Because I think the answer is no. And I was just like, whoa, I had ne- I'd talked to this guy for a long time. And he told me that, and I mean, I was, geez. you know, but he was not kidding. He was not joking. He was not being sarcastic. Before this PK, before March 11th, and they're walking off the floor in Oklahoma City and everything changes, mental health is a major issue K through 12 in Utah schools. Anxiety, yeah. depression, suicide ideation, suicides, it was a huge issue. And in, in wealthy schools, it's a huge issue. In poor schools, it's a huge issue. It's just been a big deal. And this has only added to it. Yeah, I picked the age where maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know if third graders taking their own lives. Maybe they do. Uh, and there have been cases at elementary schools have had it happen, yes. I'm sure, again, there's going yeah. to be cases of everything everywhere. Right, right, uh, right here in Salt Lake, in Salt Lake County. You know, it, it's... Uh, the the uh, elementary school teacher said K through 3... Uh, elementary school principal told me, and this is one who'd worked in a difficult school and said, this is, I moved a few blocks and I hit a whole, I already knew it was difficult. I knew horror stories. And then I moved a few blocks and it was way worse. And she said, K through three, mental health, major problem, major problem. She said there are 25 kids who needed intense one-on-one counseling. And there were another 20 kids who um, uh, needed group counseling. And she gave specific stories of what these kids had seen at their home at the ages of five, six, seven. And it was brutal. I don't even want to get into it on the air. It was horrific. Okay. I would not argue with that lady, not for a second. All right. Don't argue with that lady. And then, of course, number five is the financial impact, which I don't think you can underestimate. And it's really uh, on on kids, too. Uh, and there are all sorts of financial impact. Not just the, the players who don't get an opportunity to 
show they're NFL worthy. I mean, at this time last year, nobody was talking Joe Burrow as the number one pick. No right. One. Zero. Now, he's the extreme example. He goes out and has a banner season, and now he's financially set. But there's all sorts of examples that don't compare to that. Uh, and you're you're delaying. I mean, we want we want these kids to have money to be able to live, and now we're delaying them more so. And I mean, all sorts of financial implications. I mean, you can just pick out whatever whatever floats your boat on that. You can go in that direction. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. You hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Weigh in on this. We'll get back to it later in the show. we got Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio, coming up next. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, at 9 o'clock. Stay with us.